Alrighty, welcome beautiful people to another episode of the Getting Mental Podcast. Today we're joined by Zach Dean, the numero uno for everything to do with health. I personally go to him for all my health uh, concerns and problems and advice. He's filled with knowledge. and This is an epic episode. We chat about yeah, all things health, frequency, what's going on in the world, you name it. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you like this episode, please share it. Please give it a follow. Give it some love. And I'll see you around. Peace. So for those who don't know, me and Zach used to live with each other and I wanted to rewind the clock when we used to live with each other back to May last year and, you know, I was, I was struggling with sleeping issues and I was, you know, waking up throughout the night at random times and, and everything, right? It was just, it was horrible. And I came to Zach and I'm like, Zach, what should I do? And, and the very first thing you said amongst, and you said other stuff as well, was you need to uh, set up your circadian rhythm. And you told me about seeing sunrise and seeing sunset and how important it was. And you'd always said that since I'd known you for, for since that point, it's always been sunrise, sunset, sunrise, sunset. And I didn't listen to the advice, at least not on a consistent basis. And then, you know, fast forward now, I, I always aim to see sunrise. I always see sunset and it's, it's made the hugest difference in, that's all good. Don't worry about it. Um, it made the hugest difference. I'll turn my phone off. Do not disturb as well. Um, made the hugest difference when I started doing that. It, it impacted my health. It changed, I mean, almost everything for me. Um, just expand that a bit and just kind of letting the audience know and, and also to reiterate to myself as well, why is A, the circadian rhythm so important and B, sunrise and sunset? Yeah, really good question. Really good question. So the short story to that is that our biology, our being, our physical form is part of nature. And the sunrise and sunset is a is a clock, so to speak, for the release of certain hormones and chemicals within our being and within our physical body. And what I found is that by being awake for sunrise, seeing the sun come over the horizon and going to bed and turning lights off at nighttime so it was more of a dark space in the evening, that created more energy, better sleep, better vitality. I lost weight more naturally, more mental clarity. There were so many benefits from that. And that's because when we disconnect from nature, it changes when we don't get the sunrise in the morning, when we get the fake light at nighttime, it changes these chemicals that get released in our body. They don't release at the right time or there's too much of this, not enough of that. And our body is depleted, so to speak. So our body works on a, on a, on a clock with the sun and the glands in our face, in our brain, in our body and our skin is a receptor like an anten- antenna, like, you know, internet re- antenna to the sun. And so it, I, I see the sun as Wi-Fi, kind of like um, you got Wi-Fi internet, for your phone, wireless. Our body has the same thing, but it's wireless sunlight. And that actually creates energy in our body. It helps our mitochondria, uh, as well as connecting our feet to the earth. That creates a full circuit. So we've got this, you know, like with all electricity it has an ac and a dc connection it needs to be one part needs to be plugged into the earth our body is the same and so you know dr jack cruz is where i learned a lot of this stuff from 
He says, what happens if you put a big tarp over a tree? Well, it dies, eventually dies. And that's what humans are doing every single day. We're, we're putting clothes on and we're indoors and not getting the natural sunlight. And so our body, obviously, we don't have photosynthesis. We're not creating green leaves and things like that, like it, like a tree or a plant. But we have the opposite, which is a very similar process where our mitochondria take in the sun, takes in the grounding, it takes in nutrition from food and kind of shoots out ATP. And that ATP is the gasoline and fuel for our cells. So by tapping into more sunlight, um, as well as other healthy practices, but sunlight is the first kind of foundation. And that's when it was, okay, are you, you're having troubles with your sleep? Are you getting the sunrise? No. Are you staying up later at night and looking at technology and things like that without protection? Without <laughs> protection? Um, oh, yeah. Then that's, that's going to be um, causing a mismatch. And so we're not matching with, with nature. We're mismatching. And then it takes us out of the balance and the harmony that our body can feel. So you, you match back to nature, sunlight, good quality, all these other things that we'll share about today. But it's about matching back to nature. That's how we heal quickest. And just a definition for people who don't know. Firstly, what is mitochondria and what is ATP? So millions of years ago, two org organisms, organelles, came together and actually ate, ate each other, co-created and started to coexist together, and that's known as our mitochondria. And so they actually create their own water called deuterium depleted water within the body. This is how some people do water like dry fast, no water fasting. And with, you know, getting the right sun and the right grounding and other habits like that, it's in, your body can create more healthy deuterium depleted water, which actually creates our own Faraday cage, which creates our own EMF protection as well, which is important to remember. But also wow. the mitochondria, takes in, as I mentioned, the sunlight or electrons or negatively charged ions. So it's got like sunlight grounding from the earth um, and the nutrition from food and, and how that boils down, which food is just packets of light, you know, condensed, more physical packets of light. And so it's getting sunlight on the inside, good quality whole food or, you know, grass fed meat or fish, you know, certain healthy fats to help support the mitochondria as well as the sun and the grounding and uh, a few other things. But those are the main, main three aspects that actually fuel the mitochondria. Now, the mitochondria releases ATP, which then helps to fuel and energize the vitality of our entire system. Without any ATP, we die. So it's really, really important. And so there's two parts to remember here. We have our DNA, our double helix DNA, which we all probably are aware of that we get as our genetics from our parents. But there's also what's called a mitochondrial DNA. And the mitochondrial DNA is wow. something that's not been as studied in depth as the normal double helix DNA. But as we know, genetics are important. They create a hair color and an eye color and a skin and a height, all these different things. But also our environment has a big part to play. So when learning about epigenetics and how our environment impacts the genes and the expression of certain chemicals and hormones in the body, we're looking at the mitochondria, we're looking at our environment, and that's how you can, you can be, have great genetics, but if you're 
really not looking after your mitochondria long term, it can cause a lot of these man-made diseases. And some of the experts on the mitochondrial topic, they say that 80 to 90% of these cancer, diabetes, heart disease, um, kind of diseases, they mainly come from a mutation of the mitochondrial DNA. And so when the mitochondrial DNA, there can be hundreds or even thousands of mitochondria in each cell in our body, um, lots in different main areas, you know, our heart and our brain, things like that. And so when those mitochondria are mutated from not getting the right sunlight frequencies, from not being grounded to the earth and having too many positively charged electrons, not negatively charged, from whether that's toxins in our food or air or water or the products that we use, these create a different electrical charge in our, in our body or whether it's um, the Wi-Fi that we're around from our phones in our pocket all the time or the you know, different headphones, like, like even right now, there's a magnetic field from the headphones that I'm using right now. You've got the wireless. Um, people are using headphones and, you know, or sitting in an office all day and they've got fake light coming down when they're off from their screen or their desk or their kitchen or their bathroom all throughout the day and the night. No wonder there's a mismatch because all these different things are putting more strain on the mitochondrial DNA. And that's where people that start to shift back to following a more of a, what they call a mitochondriac lifestyle, where they're following principles of the mitochondria to support mitochondria, whether it's the eating habits, certain types of exercise, morning routines, evening routines, simple, simple, simple things. Like people are getting amazing results by just matching back up with nature. And then pushing away the habits, letting go of the habits of the man-made structures that we've kind of just habitually just and in a societal way just accepted for without any um, understanding, right? Because of convenience, you know, convenience <laughs> the, and, and enjoyment and pleasure, they're, they're great, but do them in a way that you can protect yourself from. Um, these man-made influences to support our mitochondria. And when we do that, we age slower, we feel better, we sleep better, we start sleeping more effectively, we start getting tired at the right time, we start waking up at the right time, we start craving the right types of foods, we start losing weight without having to smash ourselves in the gym. These, things, these results that we all want, they start to come a lot quicker and more effectively without and more long-term, less zigging and zagging, less fads, when you tap into the and match back to nature yeah so you're saying that a lot of the issues we're facing at the moment from a disease perspective and ill health perspective even mentally perhaps they come from a place of living in an environment that doesn't facilitate humanity in the way that it should be facilitated i.e we're supposed to be living in a certain environment is that what you're saying absolutely yeah Every part of our body is impacted by these frequencies or lack of frequencies, the lack of habits or too many of these types of habits. You know, um, every single day people are so unaware of them and they're wondering why they're feeling depressed in the morning or wondering why they're relying on certain, I don't know, pharmaceuticals or substances or coffees or foods or whatever it is or habits to feel just, I guess, baseline okay. So, yeah, look at teen suicide. You know, that's massive in Australia at the moment or globally. It's, it's a massive mm. epidemic, you know. So mental illness, mental wellness is so important. And this was 
my journey started in this because my mum had some mental um, health challenges when I was growing up. And I was fascinated to know, like, why? Why did that happen? What is it? Is it food? Is it lifestyle? Is it this? Yeah, very healthy. So I was fascinated. And when it's close to home, a friend or family member, you know, and there's some kind of traumatic experience growing up, for me, that drove me to have a curiosity to say, WTF, what's going on here? What's what's happening? Uh, And I started my learning journey studying food and that made me feel better i was like great everyone should eat better and that's important and then i started learning about okay movement and then i started to learn about mitochondria and it's like it's been it's been a journey bit piece by piece of the puzzle to now uncover that yes food is important yes exercise is important but not as important as we think what's more important the frequencies in our environment you know nikola tesla talks about understanding the secrets of our universe focus on energy frequency and vibration these things these ancient cultures knew certain instruments or certain chanting or mantras and different dances you know these are primal activities amongst certain tribes they knew that they were so freeing and and causing liberation within their community or certain foods or practices they didn't wear shoes they didn't wear as many clothes who'd have thought right doing less actually makes you healthier so you got tribes in certain parts of the world they don't have cancer diabetes heart disease and they (laughs) they just wear a towel or they wear like minimal clothes they're outside barefoot they eat probably not that good of food or just like a little bit of food they're eating less they're more fasting or intermittent fasting or they're having you know massive meals every couple of days whatever it is but they're they're realigning and matching back with nature and that's from my understanding helping their mitochondria and that's helping their entire body. You look at these tribes in certain cultures, they're ripped, they're healthy, they're strong, right? They're young looking, you know? So we've just gone so wrong. <laughs> we've, we've done the opposite. Yeah, I think to be specific, I, you know, I, I believe there is utility for the modern medicine we have, but not to the extent that we're using it. You know, like if, if I was someone living in a tribe, for example, in, in nature, I'd want to know that, if something happened, if I had my leg chopped off or, you know, something crazy, something fell on me or whatever, that I could walk into a hospital and, and have surgery and happily take the medication they give me to go through that process. So I think the, the, the distinction is that, you know, modern medicine and all these things that we have, they might not be bad contextually speaking when it comes to certain situations. And maybe you disagree with me, but I, I think that we do need it to an extent, but I feel like there's been an overreach a little bit as well like a, a one one size fits all, like this or nothing. Like this is the only thing that works or nothing else. It's like, why can't there be multiple approaches, right? Yeah, the medical hypocrisy, the, you know, the shunning and, and uh, segregation that's been happening amongst the medical field. Medicine or science is the new religion, right? And so if you do something different, <laughs> you're going to get ridiculed, you're going to get vilified, you're going to get, yeah, thrown out of the tribe, so to speak. So, yeah, there's, but we value people in a place of authority. And that's because people who create certainty um, in an uncertain place, they usually win the conversation. They win, it, it, those that are certain will lead society, right? So, people, if 
if we're educated to to think that you know only doctors and people and those type lawyers and things like that, yes, they're smart and intellectuals, but they don't. Yes, there may be geniuses in their area, but they don't know everything, and that's okay. So this is it's important to self empower, self educate, and to realign to our own values and vision and what what we want for the world and cultivate that at home first cultivate that through community and learning and podcasts and extra learning or courses or you know extra study and if you need the answers to certain things yes then let's go to some of these other experts but why do we go to the experts straight away i don't know sure if you've broken your arm or you're horribly sick go see a doctor but if you're on this health journey and health awareness awareness process the first place we should be going is stillness within self finding out our own light you know so to speak our own mission for our own life and in in that place i feel that we create our own creativity and innovation and resourcefulness you know someone who know you could know everything you could know exactly how to be healthy and what to eat and these healthy practices back in touch with nature but still not motivated so why are you not motivated? Well, you haven't tapped into what you're here and destined to do on this planet. So you can know everything and not do everything as well. So there's there's a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah, I think in our culture, man, and I want to speak into, you know, I, upon reflection and listening to other podcasts and that kind of stuff, I think the issue that we're having is not just that we have medical experts that, you know, in a position of X, Y, Z, whatever position it is, just an example, you, you also have the internet now, which is a polarization. It's like the companies that are putting forward a message of uh, like uh, viral content, virology, right? Like you have people saying something and what's viral is those things that are so far to one side or so far to the other that people are pitted against each other and their capital growth and their uh, investors make money. And it's like, oh, we're doing what we need to, for our stakeholders to make money. It's like, that means that you need more eyeballs. What's the next process, the next step of the metaverse? Like you're going to be in this reality, like the matrix. It's like, which, you know, and, and honestly, I'm not entirely against to, to have that experience. I think it's a, it'd be enjoyable. But what I am saying is that this whole process is like a polarization of two different opinions. And I feel like there's truths on both sides. You know, you can put, you know, and it's like you use the right left-wing analogy as an example, or even just liberal labor party, like, they're quite close together, so I don't know if that's a good example, but all I'm saying is that having ideas about one thing doesn't mean you can't believe other things in one other side. You know, like you can hold polarizing beliefs on each side because you're a human being, and that's exactly what you're saying, Zach. You've got to think for yourself and self-empower. Like we're not here saying that we, you need to do all these things that we're going to talk about. What we are saying is that we want to challenge the status quo and talk about what can be done to make a difference that's not the narrative that you're fed you know, and that's the issue. We have this narrative that's shoved down our throats and it's like, you don't need to listen to that narrative. You need to question the things that you're being taught. And that comes from, like you said, like having motivation. It's like, there's so many things <laughs> from what I can see that are wrong with the world. And in all honesty, I personally believe that the things that are wrong with the world come from an idea of that we need to create this thing over here, like technology or schools or systems that, that fit what something or someone has created in their own mind or what they want, like, you know, a political system that 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 aims towards achieving what their narrative of, of they want, but it's not it's not in alignment with how humans actually are. Right? So 
I think that we actually need a restructuring in the whole way we look at human nature and not just human nature in the sense of health, but also who we are as people and how we are flawed and how we are not flawed, what we're good at, what we're bad at. And that comes from self-awareness and that doesn't come from doing the same thing. There's an interesting, I'm going to try to say this because it's really important, but there's an interesting quote that I heard, which was, we are living, we have brains that were made for like 2000 years ago. We have a political system that was made for like 300, 400 years ago and we have technology that is godlike, right? And what happens when we have all those things together? We have what we have right now, which is this kerfuffle and mess. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, man, but I just think it's really important to note that. Yeah, they say the road to hell is paved with the best intentions. <laughs> and I think, yeah, the system is created. Yes. The system's created in a way that rewards um, those that um, who who chase who chase and create and construct a lot of money. That's usually the the major, you know. But that's okay. But when greed takes over and you do it at the expense of others, or you know, you, you're ruining environments or certain constructs of society or freedoms at the cost of <laughs> a certain. What do you think we do then? What what do you what do you think we should do about it? Like what if you were you know, if you were working with a team of people and you could decide and, you know, with your knowledge on health and, and like, just so everyone knows, like Zach has built, how many people in your team now? Like you got like a thousand, a hundred or how many you got? In, in which team? <laughs> in the Healy team? Like 9,000? Well, well that, that's my point. <laughs> there you go. So you have, you, you have, you have leadership skills, right? And you're one of the, and again, like you're one of the, the best people I've seen at, at leadership. And you know, also health as well. So I'd love to hear your opinion on, on, on what you would do in this situation. You know, just in your ideal way, it can be anything you want. So, if you'd like to share, it, the quickest way is to fully collapse the whole world in in a way that money doesn't exist, and go back to an exchange system. Like you can't, you can't just fix. You can't if there's a flawed system, which is the financial monetary debt system, enslavement system. You can't just build something on top of it and expect to create another something else that's going to work. I, th I believe you have to completely eradicate or collapse or restart and figure out a new definition of success rather than, rather than uh, the pursuit of happiness through money <laughs> that maybe restructure its pursuit of freedom. Instead of happiness, it's freedom and freedom for all you reconstruct a whole uh, philosophy on creating freedom for humanity but we have at the moment a system that's mo mostly got a uh it's been run by a, a death cult let's just put it that way that have their finger and tentacle in so many different areas whether it's media or the education system or government or the financial institutions and there's a lot of um, corruption. So from my understanding, if what if we could, they're all, but from their level, maybe they're not corrupted. Maybe they're not doing bad. They're, they're just doing what they think is good. But okay, so why don't we just have some way to pay all those people off? Pay all those people off so that they get what they want. Those corrupted people, pay them off and say, hey, here's the money, go do whatever you want, go over, go over here. Get out of the systems that are controlling or, or running society 
cool, put them, get them out of the system, then crowd out. Like in health, if you can focus on the big items of um, what, what are the main things that make you healthy, right? Getting up, seeing the sunrise, no, no fake light at nighttime, eating good quality food, resting, following your passion. If you could schedule those into your diary, eventually all the bad so-called habits, they disappear. So it's, a, it's a way of crowding out. So what you'd do is, is you'd, you'd have more projects in all the, all the major uh, fundamentals of society, education, finance, um, medicine, um, transport, food, agriculture, all these different areas. And you'd, you'd come at it from um, supporting those that innovate and creating conscious community. The word's conscious, more aware, more ecological, good for you the people, the environment, everything around is a win-win-win philosophy. And then eventually it would crowd out into a whole new ecosystem, focusing on a new level of success, a new definition of success, where it would be how do we create more freedom and expansion and love would might be the intention rather than how do we create more control, (laughs) segregation, (laughs) and, um, uh, you know, totalitarian governance. We throw that away, but we, it, can't, it doesn't happen overnight. It's all about crowding out. So you focus on the major pillars, major organizations within those structures to start growing and growing and growing. And eventually, all the so-called disempowering systems, they just kind of disappear, will be less and less and less, and what will flourish will be more of these conscious, conscious setups. So what does that take? It takes leadership. It takes uh, people open to letting go of old belief systems. It takes a lot of personal growth and personal um, responsibility to dive into what's going on personally for us because we can't shift. How do we expect others to change if we're not changing, right? Be the change, so to speak. So it's, it's a full mm. cultural shift of sort of searching for the answers out here, search for the answers in here and what we already have access to in nature and then start to regenerate it's a regeneration, you know, this whole new earth, so to speak. Well, let's just regenerate what we've got because it's perfectly divine from our creator. Well, my concern, Zach, is that, you know, yeah, and I, I love that idea. It sounds awesome. My concern, you know, if you look at just metaphorically speaking, you know, Adam and Eve, you know, original sin and how we were given, you know, we we, were, we inherited sin. We are a part of that, you know, we what that what that says to me is that we got ourselves here you know like i'm not talking about you or me or individually i mean we're a part of the a collective of course but humanity we're we're in this situation because there's something inside of us that that you know that desires greed that desires all these things that desires to have power control and the thing is right i personally believe we all have it in us and we have to learn to integrate that you have it i have it Every single person, if someone who says they don't have it, I don't believe them. You know, everyone wants some level of power, some level of control and all these kind of things. So my concern is that what we're actually doing on on like just a you know a macro level is as humans, we're we're pretending we're something we're not. You know, we have these ideas in our mind. And I love all the stuff you said, man. I'm I'm all on board for that. I'm just thinking about logistically how it works. I'm not saying we need to go through like the details, I'm just speculating, right? But a human nature, we don't see ourselves as we actually are. You know, we have, and and maybe you don't agree, maybe you do, but I think we all have sin, quote unquote, in us. We have a dark side. We have the need for power, the need for control, 
the need to to you know have you know more money than someone else and that's what the system's built upon i just i just wonder if it's even possible for for us to get to a point where we can get to that because we're so i mean is is there i think there'd be a level of having to recognize that we are just flawed and that we have to create systems around who we actually are you know as opposed to who we want to be um so that kind of like utopian versus realistic living you know um but yeah, I don't know how we got to this, man, but... <laughs> well, that's... Ex- you're spot on. You're spot on because that's right. It is... It's so out there to think that we could live in a more of a balanced, more ecological, love-driven society. It is because it, we've never done it. There's many few people that have ever done that. But I think that that desire that's in our heart to create something like that if we if, is yeah, it's like if it's if we feel that, then maybe that is possible. So it's there for a reason. I think the other part of it is you know understanding and and doing some research on the Book of Enoch, which talks about the history of of our planet. And there's different theories of that book was taken out of the Bible because they utilized those concepts in the um, in Genesis. But what they wow. speak about is that these watchers, which were fallen angels at the time, came down from heaven and had the intellect of an angelic being where they were able to they knew mathematics and education, alphabet and, and the um, agriculture and farming and, and um, you know, governance and all these different structures that we have today. They were not from the time that man was created. So there was like there was a massive civilization, but there was a massive jump in evolution of knowledge from so-called th- these watchers that came down. They mated with all the women and there was like this, this incredible race called the Anunnaki. Uh, so not the Anunnaki, the, um, the Nephilim, which is the half man, half kind of God creatures. And there was like giants and dragons and all these different mythological kind of stories that we might have heard of. And there was a point where they were learning and living amongst this knowledge, but their consciousness level was not ready for the expansion of this utopic or kind of um, that's where we are which yeah and so this the, what happens is they they there's corruption there's massive war and they end up killing themselves right and god creates so a flood god creates a flood to go you guys really stuffed up here let's just restart <laughs> let's let's start again alt control delete and floods and and that's where there are in in this planet and realm, we have so many examples of giants that have been uncovered, massive giants and people. There's all these um, documents and journals and papers and stuff like this on it. So anyway, there's a lot of kind of evidence to show that that could have existed, but just looking at it from a conceptual philosophical kind of um, idea is that that is still true today. Like what you said is that there's knowledge that we have access to now in the ha- in our hands, internet, and this uh, this ability to yeah co-create our own existence more than ever before. Yet there is so much divide and division and um, separation and disconnection. People are feeling so disconnected. Depression, anxiety, all that is on the rise. You know what's ironic though? Just quickly, you know what's ironic? If you want, don't want to feel disconnected, get off social media. <laughs> it's so true though, right? I mean, like, yeah, like I'm, for the most part, when I'm using social media, I'm using it just to upload stuff. I go on there for like five, ten minutes. 
Um, sometimes I'll like download it and I'll be like on it for a while, but for the most part, I'm downloading it once a day and then deleting it straight afterwards because I know how bad it is. It just uh, like it's means it's millions of dollars put into a device on a platform that is just gonna tear you apart. Like it just it's used to make you go into it. And like, what's what's next? Like, we're going to the metaverse and we're gonna be in the matrix. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy stuff. You know, Chantel, my partner, she talks about the what would be amazing is if we created something that similar to the um, Black Panther movie, where there is an, uh, an immersion and synergy between nature and technology. And yes, remember how we watched that, that in Tasmania? Look, I, I think I think it's it, it could it could be possible. I think there are some cultures and, and groups out there experimenting but i think yeah the challenge is the you get to a certain point of certain amount of people in a in a community and then it either needs to break off to a new community or there's not enough resources i know a lot of people right now who are wanting to find land or have found land and they've sold very super successful people selling all their assets putting it into gold moving to new zealand setting up massive eco villages for them and their family and um and I think with the right group and the right intention, it could it could happen. Um, in terms of a global structure that everyone could live from, that's that's a whole other story. Yeah, me too. It gives you hope, right? It's like the trinity. It's the, the love, hope, faith. You need to have hope and faith that something's going to happen, right? And I, you know, to do that, you need to have your own room in order first, right? You need to have your own shit in order. And you know, because I, I see a lot of people go out and they try to change the political system, but their own life's not coherent. Like the stuff's not going on. And I'm, a, yeah, it's chaotic, right? So you know, on a on a more practical level, how can people rid that that chaos in their life, which is you know, sickness and illness? You mentioned the bad frequencies and the good frequencies. What what are some examples of of bad frequencies, and what are some examples of good frequencies? And I guess how can people go towards the good more and and therefore lead to this beautiful world that we're discussing right now the technology and nature emergence this is a really good question i think everything has a place like you were saying before the shadow inside of us those feelings of whatever they are jealousy hate rage um, whatever they also have a silver lining they have the opposite which is you know the use of anger is very useful in exercising for example or whether someone's um, needing to get motivated or some feeling that sense of jealousy might be like, oh, wow, I really love this person. Maybe I've got to start looking at myself. Um, I love that, man. That's a perfect example of of using, you know, like the bad things of in a positive way. It's like, okay, we have these bad things. We have jealousy. We want power. We want all these dark shadows. We can use that. So how can we use that? That's that's awesome, man. Yeah, and that's I love love learning about Dr. John D. Martini, which when we were in Tassie, we listened, listened to a lot of his podcasts. What's the benefit of that? And this this funny saying inside joke between Luke and I and, and the crew was like, what's the benefit of that? What's the advantage? What's the benefit? And, you know, when it was really cold in the morning here in Tasmania and the shower had no hot water, it's like, what's the benefit of that? <laughs> I love it. It's a fun game to play. I think, um, look, if there's one thing you guys learn from today, if anytime you feel the struggles, just ask yourself, what's the benefit to that? And list out as many benefits as you can. It will really balance out perspective. But that's, that's what I'm kind of getting to. It's that there's always two sides to everything. No matter how thin you slice something, there are two sides, two perspectives, two stories. And so it's a matter of which story do we want to be playing in? You know, yes, 
looking at this, if everything's all energy, <laughs> this is a game. And okay, if you're slicing, if you slice something, it doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter what it is, there's two sides, there's a positive and a negative. We live in this dual, dualistic uh, polar, polar, polarizing, pol yeah, polarized uh, existence. And so what story and what game are we playing? I used to play games growing up. I'm a massive gamer at heart. And I love the fantasy of creating and, you know, building, like, you know, World of Warcraft was such a fun game because it was a massive uh, um, disconnect and, but also reconnect. It was disconnecting from the pain of my reality at the time and then into this fun, expansive, kind of rewarding experience among the metaverse then is this whole new reality. So everything has, has a place. And so, yeah, realizing that the feelings uh, are there to remind you too, if you're feeling stuck, anxious, overwhelmed, out of control, it's a reminder that your soul, your spirit, God is telling you, hey, you're out of balance right now. So those negative feelings that have purpose and that they're actually really important and that they're there as the first step towards transformation or the first step towards a, a better reality, so to speak, a more fulfilling reality. So that's really important to realize. And too much of a good thing, too much fantasy of like, this is loving and this is amazing, I'm just going to sit on a rock, you know, meditate. That, that, that's also a cop-out too. So it's like you, you can't have, you can't live, you, you have to live in that, in, in, a, um, in an integration of both. And so in terms of biohacks to support our health, we're looking at really, really first off is our thoughts, our emotions, how we're feeling, our breath, right? How we're holding our body, um, the questions and the inner dialogue. These are first and foremost creating how we feel. If we're depressed, we're usually holding our shoulders over here. We're looking down. We're like, oh, how bad is life? Or why is it so crap? You know, that's, we're co-creating that. Or feelings of, Focus and confidence is shoulders back, head up, feeling good, asking better questions. How can life get even better than this now? What am I grateful for? Right? What am I? What excites me right now? So we get to choose in every moment. And and feeling like this and depressed, that creates chemicals in my system that actually causes aging to accelerate. It causes the mitochondria to lower its voltage. Right? The feeling. The science on this. This is all science. Yeah. This is what many, I guess self-help people talk about there's so much science behind it and so the same thing is we're feeling these feelings of gratitude and love and compassion um, and focus and excitement Mo majority of the time more of a beautiful state we're going to the hormones in our body are released to actually heal our body to feel more of that and so that's how we can program our dna and program all through epigenetics and people who there's a book called um a man's search for meaning and it talks about, yeah, and it talks about the, the Jews were stuck in a concentration camp. How did they break through? I'm just getting shivers. How did they break through feelings of slavery and break through and be, I guess, um, functioning humans after that, after the torture and everything they went through, not eating and stuff like that? And it's all mindset. It's all perspective. It's all perception. It's what we focus on. It's it's the meaning that we give it. And so that's, I think, the most important biohack, quantum hack, health hack is to be at, be guard, be stand at guard at the doorway of our mind, what Jim Rohn says. So be really 
cautious and and we've all been been there scrolling on social media or in all these crazy telegram chats or watching the news we got to just put that down for a moment pick up a more empowering book grow the, grow your mind focus on other things that are going to be more fulfilling for you so that's really really important because we have to realize that what we think about every day makes us healthy or what we focus or makes us sick yeah I love that, man. I'm of the belief, you know, and that mindset stuff is huge. It's massive, right? And it's, it's like you said, in the camps there, in the concentration camps, Auschwitz, you know, we worked in Frankors, you know, he didn't have nutrition. He couldn't like, you know, I'm going to get sunrise this morning or sunset. Maybe he did, who knows? But he couldn't think that way because he was obviously imprisoned and I, and I understand the mindset stuff. But I'm, I'm also of the belief that, well, not but, but and I'm of the belief that, the the layer of which our life starts and you know some people would challenge me on this and i know the two coexist together but the layer i think life starts at is always health and health meaning nutrition you know movement and then sleep um you know sunlight all those kind of things so whenever something's happening for me and i'm like what is you know if i can't sleep or i'm feeling anxious i always think first about the things that i'm doing the things i'm putting in my body from a health perspective and then the second question is always like, oh, do I have any resolved stuff from my past? Is it trauma? Do I have, you know, like trauma in my body? Are my shoulders tight? You know, what emotions am I holding? Yada, yada. I know that's health as well. For me, the first question is always like, what food? Am I getting sunrise? Am I getting sunset? Am I following a rhythm, right? These are the questions I ask myself as well. Are you of the same belief or does yours differentiate a bit? It's definitely the foundation. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think... Yeah, with just to answer that question is like though that's that's the first part is to remember that we are the creator of our own reality in terms of our mind and what we focus on. So not to search for those. Don't don't go start a new diet or new routine or yes, do some of these things that I'm about to mention, but they're not as important as our own mindset and as our own focus. Um, they are kind of secondary. Now everything has a place. So. I love technology. I love that we can do this. I love being able to communicate with anyone from my phone. These are things that I don't want to let go of. And so that melding of like, okay, well, knowing that, yes, we could go live in a tent and in the forest all day, but do is that really going to be super fulfilling? So how do we do the nature thing and the tech thing? And that's something that I'm, I'm evolving and co-creating with people like you and friends and, and my knowledge. So, you know, blue light toxicity, that's probably one of the biggest things. The fact that there's certain light frequencies, these fake lights that we have exposure to every day from our phone, laptop, our house, going into the supermarket. Oh, my God, the supermarket's so intense. Especially if you're not used to the light. If you're like, you know, when we used to live with each other and you got the red light there in the, on the side, when we used to live with each other, we didn't have lights in the house. <laughs> it's a pretty funny story. We didn't have lights in the house, right? So, you know, and when it, when it first happens, you're like, oh, fuck, this sucks. Then after time, you get used to it. and now, you know, I'm still to this day, sometimes when I'm walking to the bathroom, you know, I don't have the light on and I just leave the light off and I'm like brushing my teeth and I'm like, oh shit, I need to find something. So I use my phone lights. I'm so used to having a light. The point being though is when you're in that, that, that way of being right, when you're conditioned out of what we live like, which is these beaming lights like Kmart, Target, you know, to an extent, I'm kind of used to it. But when you're living in that environment, like how you are with that red light and like, I'm, I assume you don't use lights very often there, you you can you can feel like not just not just like feel it on your eyes like the, the retina on your eyes but you can feel like the uh, the dread the the drudge of those lights i know it sounds so weird people hearing this like what the f are you talking about 
but it's this weird fucking feeling of like, I don't know, it just zaps you. It is. It's a zapping. There's a great documentary, if you guys haven't seen it, it's called Generation Zap. It's not just about life. Generation Zack. <laughs> Generation Zapped. Um, maybe we'll create a doco like that one day. No, but um, it talks about all the Wi-Fi and how Wi-Fi, there's people that have electrosensitivity. You know, you and I might yes. not be that sensitive to it, but some people walk into a room and they get a headache instantly. And they're like, no, there's Wi-Fi here. And so some people, just like anything, some people are good with pizza and pasta. Some people can't eat that food ever. So there's sensitivities and a scale for everything. So, yeah, what is causing these irritations to our body is that are these lights, are the Wi-Fi, is electricity, people sitting with the, the laptop on their lap, touching the laptop while the laptop's plugged into the wall. I, I feel it sometimes if I do it and someone touches me or I touch someone else who's touching the laptop, I feel the electricity in my hand. It's like, whoa, that's full on. And um, This is body awareness. Yeah, and so whether it's then, you know, stimulants and coffee and all these different energy drinks or sugars and things like that they cause and these lights they cause from my understanding it's it's like an acceleration you get in a car and you're putting um the accelerator on full blast but you're also putting the brake on and you're just and you're burning out the motor and so that's how i kind of picture most people are going through life burning their mitochondria the end the real engine you know, people think that food is the engine. No, the mitochondria is the engine and the fuel um, is sunlight and the fuel is, is grounding and grounding. food and things like that. So these frequencies. So, yeah, that's really important to understand that and to consciously choose an, an evening routine, right, whether it's protecting yourself with blue blocking glasses or during the day I've got iris tech on my computer here. We're all orange right now. So that's taking out the blue t the blue light and adding more red light. I've put this panel on here. You can buy them. That creates, especially at nighttime, the whole house looks red. It looks kind of like a spaceship, but <laughs> it's a beautiful brothel. And it, and it's a very soothing, calming light that actually helps you sleep at night. So these fake lights, these really strong blue lights, which are just white lights, it's just on the spectrum of light. It's considered the blue. And so yeah. we've got those lights specifically suppress our hormones, suppress the melatonin. And a lot of people rely on melatonin supplements and sprays and things like this to help get to sleep. But if you just turned your lights off two to three hours before going to bed, put more of a salt lamp, amber-colored lamp or a red light on or some candles is really good. A campfire is what we're actually evolved to, to oh, handle. That's the best, man. So nice, right? And so anything above that yeah. light spectrum of that ambery, beautiful red light, you just you just get to sleep better. Your body starts to release the melatonin. Now, what improves your melatonin production? Well, getting the sunlight in the morning, getting your sunlight during the day. More sun in the, during the day means the melatonin builds up, builds up, builds up, but it doesn't get released to, until two to three hours of darkness at night. So we, we, wow. we are, we're talking about matching. That's just one of like trillions of different reactions, but we're talking about matching back with reality, with reality which it is the real reality, not the metaverse reality, but the full yeah. reality of nature, matching back up with that. And that's actually giving us more nutrition than the healthy food that we're eating during the day or the supplements that we're relying on every day or the um, going to the gym and trying to lose weight. 
we're doing those things by just connecting back to nature. Getting more sun actually shrinks the fat receptors in your body. You can't put on as much fat if you get more sun, right? Yes. Sex hormones. Huge. A lot of, lot of women are trying, finding it hard to fall pregnant these days because they're, they're now relying on all these ex super expensive medical treatments to now become pregnant. So that's mainly because they're not getting the right hormone productions in their body, which is mainly becoming because they're, not, they're getting too much blue light and not enough red light, not enough sun, too much man-made light. So it's important to start looking at, okay, what health challenges do you guys listening right now? What health challenges do you have right now? Okay, your skin's not very good or you're feeling like you're exhausted or you feel like you can't sleep or you feel too much weight or you, you, you don't have any motivation to get off the couch or you can't get it up in the bedroom or maybe you're just feeling depressed or anxious or you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling like there's too much going on. Usually people go, oh, I need a pill, I need some supplement, I need to pay a course, I need to go to a mentor. You know, those things have a place, but let's start looking at the first free and super effective approach, right? And that no one's educated us on this. You guys are like, oh, it's not as, there's not enough, enough scientific journals and peer-reviewed research. Well, that might be the case, but there also are. There's a lot of research to show the benefits of sunlight and the benefits of vitamin D specifically at fighting cancer and breast cancer and things like that. So instead of focusing on those external things, let's start focusing on our backyard or our front yard. Five minutes in the morning, your routine, you have your cup of tea, you have your coffee, you want to add this in. Don't do it completely different to your current habits. You want to do it in no extra time, net time. So no extra time is where you're going to stack what we call biohack stack. We're stacking all these good things together. And if you only have five minutes in the morning, you go out, have your coffee or your breakfast or you're on your phone or you're, whatever you're doing in the morning, try and do five minutes of that in the backyard, take your shoes off, get some sunlight. Or in the evening when you're wanting to do your emails or, you, or even at lunchtime doing your emails, try and grab your phone or grab your laptop and take it outside, get an extension cord or take it wirelessly, whatever it is. Um, or like what I've done is I've gone back to wired. So my lap, my, my keyboard, I've gone back to mouse, right? These, there's cords everywhere, right? I don't care. I'm keeping it, you know, as, as, um, neat as, as possible, but I'm not touching my laptop as much. And, and that I find that I'm less zapped in the afternoon. So these things that we understand, we got to understand that these pieces of technology that we're wanting to coexist with aren't disappearing. But just no one's taught us how to use them, right? It's protection, so to speak. We got sex ed. We got sex ed at school. We now need life ed and health biohack tech ed, tech ed right? To and to support our mitochondrial health tech um, in our body. The most amazing technology is our body, and no one's taught us how to use it. So this is a reminder to start utilizing the technology, not outside of our our five senses. The the five senses that we have or six senses that we have, let's dive into that. That That is where we find the answers to the most amazing piece of technology that's ever been created on this planet. Yeah. So, and, and that, what you were saying there, that's not, you know, people, the hard part with making this transition towards a more healthy lifestyle. And I speak from my own experience and my own way of viewing uh, what I've, what I've gone through is that the hard part is that people think and I thought that you had to go through this massive transition. You need to change everything. It's like you got to 
change all the light bulbs in your house and then you got to like live in like some kind of cave or you know live in the bush and then like like you got to completely go all or nothing right but that's not the case so that the question you know the thing that i did that that made the difference was small things over time so massive changes happen from small incremental changes over time and i mean in both directions right you look at how you got to where you were health wise and when you know we start using technology and our phones are younger at the start, it wasn't bad at all. You know, if you're 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, you're like, oh, okay, this is all good. I'm seeing no effects whatsoever. You skip forward when you're 28, 27, I don't know, 30. Some people could even get lucky in 40 or 50. Then you have prostate from the laptop on your lap. Then you have, uh, you know, have to get glasses or whatever. I'm not saying that's the only reason to get glasses. I'm just making a, a point. Um, these things happen from over time, slipping away from what reality is supposed to be, you know, and... So just going back to the, the the approach, you know, what I've seen that works for myself is making small changes. So if I go to bed at like one o'clock, it's like you can still go to bed at one o'clock if you want to, but why why don't you uh, just keep your phone out of your room for nine o'clock, you know, and just like see what happens. Like you can go to bed at one o'clock, no issues there, but maybe just like put your you know your sleeping clothes on at one, uh, nine o'clock, or I don't know, you you turn the lights down, you use a pink Himalayan salt lamp. You know, these small things you do, and this is what happened with me, Zach. I think I told you about this. I, you know, for the longest time was like, what kept me up, what made me think, and I say made me think, which is pretty, pretty heavy, that I wanted to stay up to one o'clock at night was that I was laying in bed with my phone and I had my red glasses on, but I mean, and it helps, but it's not everything, right? And I was laying there on my phone, like, oh, I'm not tired. I get a bit tired. I'm like, oh, I'm actually kind of tired, but... I was so into what I was doing on the phone. It was so stimulating and people were like, stimulate, that's a good thing. It's like I was watching YouTube videos and podcasts. Like you're doing educational stuff. But the thing is that it's overstimulating. It's like that's a time to wind down. So what I did is I went, you know, and it was the hardest thing, man. Like I was, you know, I'm addicted to my phone. I think we all are to a degree. You know, I was laying in bed and it was like, what time was it? You know, I'm like, you know what? Tonight I'm just going to like put my phone in the room I'm going to lay in bed at 9.30. It was like 10.30, one of those times. And so my phone was out of my room. My pink Himalayan salt lamp was on. I started reading a book. It was about, like I said, 10, 10.30 or maybe a bit earlier. After about 30 minutes of reading the book, and bear in mind for, you know, for 9 to 12 months prior to this, I was going to bed at 2 a.m. in the morning, 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning. You were in Tasmania with me. I mean, I was there with you. I was going to bed at like 1 in the morning. And I was going to bed at those times and then I would now lay in bed for half an hour following the protocol of just just lay in bed, read a book, that's all. Nothing dramatic and I fell asleep after half an hour, right? And that's a huge difference that, that just recognizing how much your body craves a natural rhythm of life and that, that made all the difference for me, man. That was a, a life changer from my perspective and it's like, sure, did I notice effects the next day? Yeah. Was it amazing? No, it was a small percentage. Did I notice effects after weeks of doing that? Absolutely. Did I was I able to regulate my emotions better? Yes. Was I able to uh, uh, feel more strength when I did yoga and when I did exercise? Yes. Was I able to 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 wake up feeling better with more vitality? Yes. Did I get less headaches? Yes. Did I get less insomnia? I don't have any insomnia anymore. I don't know what that is. Like sometimes I'll, I'll I'll have a hard time falling asleep, but guess what it is? I'm on my phone, or I, like I slip up, or whatever, or I. Uh, you know, eat something I shouldn't or, you know, one of those things. So it's huge, man. That's it. The body's craving it. Yeah. The, like 
I love that quote, like the body is never craving more food, it's just craving more nutrition. The body isn't craving, you know, isn't craving all these all these other, you know, habits. Like it's not craving Netflix. It's not craving, you know, looking at YouTube. It's not craving all these kind of negative things. It's craving that the stillness. It's craving, it's craving being back in touch with nature for sure. And then your body was like, oh, yep, tick. It's just waiting. The body's so patient. The body is just so compassionate. It's got, it's got unconditional love for yourself, right? It's our mind that tricks us to go, our oh, body doesn't love me. I'm putting on all this weight. No, the weight is a reminder that it loves you. It's a protective mechanism. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling all this anxiety right now. So, well, yeah, your mind and your, your spirit, your body knows that you are capable of more. You've got a higher level of contribution and, and levels that you can go to. You know, oh, oh, I'm feeling so, I don't know what my passion is. I'm just so unmotivated. Well, you're unmotivated because like no one's yeah you're just motivated because that's you're doing un, unmotivating tasks well, the emotions there to remind you to to not go towards that direction anymore i love that man that's a good way to look at it like you you're seeing your emotions as there to help you instead of against you it's like i have mental illness i'm i have issues with me i got anxiety i suffer from anxiety it's like sure you might but you're also able to use that anxiety as a way to to develop into something more than you could ever be yeah i, I get anxiety right anxiety hits me when i when i have yeah everyone when I, so anxiety hits me when i have a coffee <laughs> i start to shake me a little too. bit and i'm like whoo but what helps if you're drinking coffee and you're having anxiety i put some coconut oil some ghee some mct oil you know there's other things you can put in that that to me doesn't give I me see. anxiety <laughs> the, the, <That's> anxiety bro <laughs> and so I, I know my triggers now. Or if I drink alcohol and I drink too much of it, the next day I'm depleted. I'm just like I'm, I'm more on edge. I'm more sensitive. I'm more irritable. I get into arguments easier. Um, you know, anxiety for me hits when I have le- people that I, that I um, put on a pedestal, places of authority that might criticize me or say, hey, you know, this. And they might do it in a loving way, but whatever it is, I definitely feel a sense of like, oh, I'm, I'm – smaller than them and it takes me out of the present moment so these things happen or i know if i work too hard on the computer like yesterday i was like six hours straight i was just like so excited about what i was doing i was like fuck this is sick and then by the end of the day i'm like wow that was six hours and but i know i've just been on holiday for a week in the gold coast being outdoors regenerating if i do six hours a day for like five five days or seven days straight without a break uh i know my body starts to find it like my chest kind of um, contracts. I find it hard to breathe. <laughs> and just so people know, just quickly add in there, when you say, when you're saying six hours a day, Zach doesn't mean like, you know, eight hours of work and then kind of like chilling out, whatever. Like you do focus six hours work. You go bang. bang I didn't, I don't think I left this. Focused. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, like I had maybe a little bit of food or whatever, but it was just like stuck in it on calls with webinars editing uploading all this stuff and so yeah like that's six hours straight it's probably a long time i should have had an hour a break you know 15 minutes every hour right but i know if i do that for a few days straight my body i feel this kind of tension in my chest and my neck gets sore and my body's like oh what are you doing and so these things are 
it's a reminder. It's going, Zach, you're an idiot. What? Have a break. Go do some stretching. Sit outside, right? You can't breathe because your body's around so much technology and you're not, you're not present. You're, and this is my definition of, um, of anxiety, which is from Jason Silver, which is temporary dislocation from the present moment. And so when I'm doing and multitasking, I've got a million freaking tabs open on my computer and I'm doing this and I do that and that doesn't load enough quick enough. So I'm doing some editing and that doesn't, and then I could jump onto a call. So I'm a call, you know, and there's like a million things that I'm doing. It's taking me out of the present moment. And for me, that's a trigger for anxiety. Now, that's the step number one is that awareness. I know that that triggers me. So I'm feeling these emotions. Oh, okay. I'm, my body is there. It's got my back. To remind you. Yeah, my body is loving me and telling me your anxiety. I'm going to give you anxiety, Zach, because you're not balancing right now. You're overextending yourself. So anxiety is actually a positive thing. Anxiety is a gift. Anxiety is a support for yourself to wake the hell up and, and have a rest. So what do I do? I go outside, take my shoes off, sit in the sun, play with the dogs, um, disconnect from my phone, go lay down, read a book, just watch a movie, listen to some music, go for a drive. Like there's these things that we got to be aware of that if we're feeling anxiety, it's like, okay, don't keep going. If, if you're doing something that's causing you anxiety, stop. It's like we need to create just like a graphic. Stop, turn back. <laughs> stop, rest. So it's it's really simple to actually reduce anxiety fast. Yeah, and if you want to systemize that, so to tie in to what Zach was saying about the circadian rhythm, we work in rhythms as well. Our body has a natural rhythm. And you can look up the science from uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman. It's called the ultradian rhythm. And the ultradian rhythm is an hour and a half of work and then a break. That's how that's how the cycle of our focus works. After about an hour and a half, the old trading rhythm finishes. So if you create like a nice workflow and if you want to reduce anxiety and be more focused, um, the way that I do that, at least I try to, is I get my phone, I do an hour and a half on my phone, take it out of my room, press go on the hour and a half, walk back into my room and I can hear it just enough, but it's not in the room, so I'm not getting distracted. And I go for an hour and a half. You do You do one or two of those a day, Ideally, I try to aim for four, but I never get four because it's just too difficult. But if you can do one or two of those a day, you get more work done in that hour and a half than you would if you had your phone in your room and you're trying to do everything at once. So a good way to systemize that is to follow the old trading rhythm, which has been very beneficial for me. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's even, even focused times where you're going to focus for a week, have a week of focused action doing that rhythm, and then you might have a week off. How cool would that be? Like who invented the five days working and two days off? It should be two days working and five days off. <laughs> so not not to say that, you know, um, some people don't love what they do. That's fantastic. That's what you love what you do. But if you're working a job where you're not loving what you do and you're feeling like exhausted, but you got to work because you got to pay the bills and stuff like that, well, it's about you got to be you got to be on top of it more than ever today. There's so much against us health-wise, the toxins, the food, the environment, la, 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 all the stuff. If you're not on top of your health a little bit right now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit you quicker. You know, our parents didn't have the stress. They didn't have the, okay, maybe if parent, our parents or grandparents lived during wartime and stuff like that, I, mean, I, I get it. But in terms of living in a, in a growing Western world, we may not have had the stresses that we have today or the toxins or the... Yeah, the the go 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 ness from our phone. 
So just realize you guys have to be, we all need to be, and this is why these podcasts and this information, the groups and everything that we're doing is so important. We've got to hold each other accountable to realize that our body is not designed, hasn't evolved to handle the amount of stress that we're under, the amount of cortisol triggers that we're exposed to every single day. So we need to be on top of it. If you're not on top of it, be on top of it. How cool would it be to be on top of it? Do that. <laughs> <laughs> depends, on, depends on what you're Don't on top of. Don't be under it. Don't be under it. That will suck, right? Being be on top of it. Be on top of it, not underneath it. <laughs> Love it, man. We'll, um, we'll wrap up, dude. I just want to ask a few rapid-fire questions before we do. Um, first one is what do you feel the main or the biggest issue in the world is or problem or however you want to call it, and B, what is the solution? Biggest problem is our definition of success or definition of our own level of fulfillment or definition of what's possible. Um, and so the definition, yeah, if your definition's going down a different path that's causing stress and anxiety and, and overwhelm and things like that, we need to change the definition. So it comes back to our own vision. So the problem is that people don't have a vision or a mission that inspires them and they are settling for a version that's less of their full potential. And people are feeling anxiety or stress because their soul is saying, wake up, there's another level for you. You can do, be, have, give, contribute, change and impact the world at a higher level. So it's rediscovering your vision or redefining your vision and your mission and then starting to live that every single day, crowding out, as we said, the big rocks, all the little things. We start doing little things towards our goals and it starts to be bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And all those unhealthy habits or feelings or experiences or people start to disappear naturally. Love it, man. And if you were to leave, you can call it a toolbox, you can call it a, a box, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but if you could leave behind a, a, a few things for people um, for the next generation or even just leave behind after you're not here anymore. Depends if you want to live forever, I guess, um, and integrate with technology, but that's another topic. What would you leave behind? It could be the Healy. It could be, uh, you know, it could be a book. It could be a quote. It could be this podcast, whatever you want to say. I'd just like to leave behind a, an example of um, someone who's followed their passion consistently and who's, contributed to reality and humanity in some some positive way it doesn't need to be full reconstruct you know or create an, the next apple it's no it's just I, I want to be able to be known as someone who's followed their passion put the work in and documented that whether it's on social media or whatever you can see that to inspire someone down the track epic man love it bro well thanks for coming on man pleasure this is one of my favorite episodes i love chatting with you all the time man and um yeah Thank you, everyone. And uh, yeah, share this around, like, share, comment. And if you want to reach out to me, find me on all the social platforms and whatnot. Yeah, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. And you can follow, I mean, it's at the end of the podcast anyway, but Instagram, everything, Zach will be on it. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And thanks for joining, Zach. Thanks for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, beautiful people, for listening to another episode of the Getting Mental Podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, follow, and share it with your friends and family. 
If you would like to see more of the Getting Mental podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or on every social media platform. You can find us at Getting Mental Podcast. Till next time. Thank you.